0: you're looking crafty. Crafty. Uh, crafty you could make a raft out of pencils uh, and foam you sure looking happy, happy. Hi. Hi. <laughs> um, welcome to the stitch craft oh my god let me try that one more time with feeling stitch craft podcast I, oh, guys, I just worked out right before this, so I'm just like, <sighs> and using my words is real hard. So yes, welcome to the Stitchcraft Podcast. I don't know what number it is.
1: Episode but... number, we're having another COVID scare. Uh-huh.
0: Uh. Is it also Easter? Two weeks from Easter. Oh, we're two weeks from Easter. Yes. Wow, I'm a real bad Christian. Oh. Oh sorry gang. Anyways I was about to be like is this our zombie Jesus episode? No that's <laughs> in two weeks. <laughs> two weeks time and that's if we decide to adhere to time. <laughs> Which, what is time anyway? It doesn't matter. Um, my name is Miranda. I'm Island, and uh, we're at home drinking cocktails. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's in your cup? I'm just gonna kick it off right there. I like it. We've got um, things to talk about.
1: It's true. So I mm. made something called an Infante, and I don't know if I've had this on the podcast before. You have
0: not, because um, I would remember a name like that.
1: Okay. Um. So I found this on something that I know I have talked about on this podcast before, the Cocktail Party app. Um. So the Infante apparently is... The name is an homage to Pedro Infante, the great Mexican actor and musician whose songs are still crooned by mariachis the world over. Um, Amen. And the drink itself is sort of like a... It's a riff on a margarita. And I don't know if that was the intent. I assume so, because I assume that the... um, margarita existed before the Infante did Um, so it is if you think about the proportions of a margarita it's usually I think two to one to one half so it's like two tequila one lime a half triple sec or Cointreau or whatever your orange liqueur is maybe a little bit more of the orange liqueur depending on how sweet you like it to be Um, this is two parts tequila to one part lime to three quarters part orgeat instead oh. of the um, triple sec, and yeah. three drops of orange flower water to make it very aromatic and floral. So it's oh. orange flower water, but if you've ever smelled orange flower water, it has nothing
0: to do with oranges. It's just flowers. I, I was about to say that's very floral. Yeah. Yeah. Very floral. But that floral. sounds how springtime and delicious. Mm-hmm. And then the garnish, excellent. there's no.
1: Garnish, per se, but you, um, uh, not shred. What's the word I'm looking for? Grind. <laughs> nutmeg. Fresh ground nutmeg. Open it up. Oh, interesting. So nutmeg on the tippity top.
0: That is, that sounds like, mm, that smells, that like, it smells I barely have smell-o-vision. <laughs> it smells great. I'm, I'm having smell-o-vision or whatever, but no, that just sounds really, um, warm and refreshing. That's what I can put it. Because I think of nutmeg. Nutmeg is always kind of like a, it's in the cinnamon world to mm-hmm. me as far as yep. like warmth. Yes. But it also adds, it's like cinnamon, vanilla, and nutmeg all kind of sit in this family of like warm and yummy along with like anything floral and fruity. I'm just like, oh, that sounds like it's satisfying. That sounds like yeah. a satisfying Yeah, and when cocktail. you have um,
1: nutmeg that is like fresh ground, like you actually took, the piece of nutmeg and ground it. Actually, did it on top. Yeah. Um. Fresh. It yeah. It is. It has a little brightness to it. I don't know how to describe it any better than that. It's not um, cool. It doesn't cool it down at all. It just makes it brighter somehow.
0: I think it's more flavorful. It's more yeah, it's complex.
1: Not, yeah, it's not dull. Um. And yeah, I like anything that's in a container.
0: That's dull because <laughs> yeah. it's old. It's stale. Well, yeah, and
1: I I have tried. <laughs> or dried. I haven't tried this in a long time, but I remember years and years ago, somebody showing me the difference between freshly ground, like fresh ground nutmeg and the nutmeg that you buy like in a little plastic container. And I don't even bother with the plastic container stuff anymore because you never really need that much nutmeg anyway. Like no recipe calls for like a teaspoon of nutmeg. So you can always grind it fresh. It won't take you very long. And the difference is night and day. Unlike vanilla, where, like, vanilla can be old, 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 and it's probably fine.
0: Because no matter what, it's dried before being used. Yeah. In order to get vanilla bean. But, um, it's still, like, that is, that sounds lovely. Yeah, oh. and this, I've, I've had it before.
1: I've made it once before, and the, t- the recipe, uh, originally calls for a uh, Blanco tequila, which is the clear tequila, and I really liked that, um, and this time I decided to make it with an aged tequila because I had one. And I think we've discussed on this podcast, podcast several times that I am not a sipping tequila person. If you give me a sipping tequila, I will still mix it into some other thing because I don't want to sip it. Um, so I, I worried that the aged tequila would not match the nature of the drink. And I was wrong. So at this point, I have tested it with, like, the most different types of tequila, like, as far apart on the spectrum as you can get, and mm-hmm. it is still
0: delightful. Strong recommend. I have a question mm-hmm. in regarding the name. Mm-hmm. Does it start I-N or E-N? I-N. I-N.
1: I-N-F-A-N-T-E. I-N-F-A-N-T-E.
0: Got it. Okay. I was just looking for the, not the derivative, but the uh, root mm-hmm. of it, you know? So... Excellent, okay. Yeah. I was just curious. what's in your cup? Well, I got nothing else to you know what let me be the the low bar for everyone <laughs> on this podcast. I think everyone's understood our relationship as sisters is a little a little bit country a little bit rock and roll. I'm on the countryside <laughs> and I'm a little bit more down home. <laughs> I was restarting my computer because apparently it had an update and I didn't realize that so. My keyboard and mouse were still on. And I was like, why won't it start? And I was like, oh, because it's decided to shut itself down. So I have to, I I took that as a sign to make a cocktail instead of just grabbing a beer. I love it. And, but my cocktail is, again, a little bit country to your (laughs) rock and roll. Because mine is definitely four roses in a mason jar. Can you hear this, everyone? Um, And it's uh, Trader Joe's ginger beer. Like just oh. their small bottle ginger beer, which is really tasty. Um, I'm a big fan of it, not in a cocktail. So, because yeah. I think it's a little on the lime side too. Mm. Like I think they add a little bit of lime in theirs because it just tastes really refreshing. So I think it would taste really good in, in anything. Um, so I mix that, put it into a mason jar, added a metal straw because I'm not, I'm no slouch. And. Um, <laughs> 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 you can take me to places with windows and I will wear shoes. <laughs> mm. But anyway, so <laughs> I just realized like, as you're talking about your cocktail, the minute I saw it, I'm like, oh, that's got a beautiful like color and you put it in one of your favorite glasses. So I know you're really enjoying it. And this mason jar is also one of my favorite glasses, <laughs> it is double the volume of yours. <laughs> Oh I would say the the most make I put in this cocktail was opening the second bag of ice because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to drown myself in alcohol. Anyways, um, um, yep, that's where uh, I'm at. Today, <laughs> that's where we're at. Well, but this is this is after you know you
1: you did spend time today doing things that were good for your self care. So yep. if that's where you sent, spent the balance of your time rather than you know crafting a fine artisanal cocktail, then so be
0: it. I, you know what? Everyone has to, uh, weigh their choices, choose them carefully. I chose a 30 minute ride on my Peloton because I pay for it and I should really use it. <laughs> and it's raining and snowing outside right now. So Sometimes. Just, yeah. yeah, I went for a really long. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Wow. We just hear ourselves and say the exact same, go ahead. Um, <laughs> I went for a a longer walk this morning with my boyfriend because we went to go get coffee someplace because he lives in downtown. So we were getting coffee and then we went to this bagel place and I'm with my dog who does like not understand waiting. So I have to walk her in circles while he goes inside. It's kind of like when someone drops you off and they're like, I'll drive around the block until (laughs) you're ready to. I'm driving the dog around. I'm literally walking the dog around the block until food is ready or coffee's ready. So I'm glad we had a nice long walk in. But now that I'm looking outside, our walks have since, uh, our options have diminished. So, Peloton ride it is. (laughs) But that's about it. So, yeah, sorry for my lack of cocktail inspiration. But this is, you know, to be honest with you, I don't think I've had alcohol, like liquor, Mm -hmm. in a few weeks now. I just don't drink, I drink kind of like wine more often. I had like two beer, two and a half beers last night. And I was like, whoop, 1030, time for bed. Like, I was like, who am I? This pandemic has had its way with me. Oh, Lord. Indeed. Indeed. So, with all of us. All of us, for sure. Anyways, um, well, we should just get down to some projects. I know you've been busy. So I have we been need busy. the time for you. I have been busy. Although
1: I've, I've only finished
0: one thing. Um,
1: I would not say that I have become a monogamous knitter, but <laughs> are you polyamorous? Yes, I'm, I'm polyprojectual.
0: Um, I was gonna say polyyarnerous. Oh, I hate uh, myself. Oh, oh, and your face just said you would like to disown me. Wow, <laughs> like, I
1: don't know you when we're in public.
0: We can edit this out. No, you won't. You I will won't not edit, that edit out. this oh, out. Oh, polyarnerous. I not mm.
1: you're welcome, mm. everyone. Sorry, you can remind everyone. her of that the next time you see her.
0: Oh, gross.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So uh, normally, I have several projects that I'm working on at the same time because I get very excited about all the different things that I see. I get excited about all the different patterns that I see people knitting. I have podcasts that I like to watch um, that where I can see what people have made, and I get very excited about it. So it's hard for me to stay, to really commit to one thing. And then, as you guys have heard multiple times, I often have projects that have to go into the naughty corner so they can think about what they've done. (laughs) And during that time, I go on to something How dare you defy
0: me. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Look at you, Penny Cardigan. And
1: (laughs) I still have it on my list of to-dos.
0: Island, the Penny Cardigan has since been sent to boarding school. Like, you just need to let it go. <laughs> At this point, is there, like, a market for unfinished projects on Etsy? Like, Probably. take this.
1: <laughs> well, I, do, I So we can talk about this um, later on. But there is def, I have definitely seen people, and we talked about this um, in our last episode, that I have known <clears> people <throat> to give away or sell, you know, projects that they made Um, that they do not want, that they are not pleased with, at you know, fully anticipating that the person who receives it is going to frog it and reuse the yarn for something else because they're just, like, emotionally done with it. Um, I have never done that explicitly. I did give away one T-shirt that I made. Uh, I donated it. And I Mm. don't know if anybody bought the shirt as it was from Goodwill, or if they bought it and unraveled it and used the yarn for something else, no idea. Um, but yeah, I guess that actually clarifies to me that there are two things that I did this month, but one was a make, and one was an unmake. So, mm. I told you in our last episode that I have never, I had never frogged, I had never taken apart a completed project. And between then and now, I have. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, wow, times be a changing. Times are a changin'. Um, Did you get yourself so, put in the naughty corner? So you're like, I gotta think about what I've done. Right. So what <laughs> and I'm gonna you, do right by you, yarn. <laughs> yes,
1: exactly, exactly. Um, so what I had made, and I'm surprised at myself, but um, I made the thing that I unmade was the equilibrium cardigan. I think I think it's by Gina Rockenwagner, Wagner, but it was from um, Pom Pom Quarterly. And you guys know how much I love Pom Pom Quarterly, and I, I would, I would come very close to saying they can do no wrong aesthetically. Like aesthetically, I think that uh, the patterns that they pick are gorgeous. Everything is gorgeous, and if you look at this cardigan, both in the magazine and the project pages on Ravelry of people who have made it, it looks awesome. I made it with this yarn from. Um, a now defunct yarn company called happy fuzzy yarn that was from Ann Arbor Michigan and the yarn was a was their local wool project so it was like 75% wool 25% <clears throat> alpaca all from Washtenaw County which is where Ann Arbor is
0: oh, so that's, it's, yeah that's cool super cool
1: and I have other things that I have made from that yarn that I love and I have two skeins of it yet left that I think of fondly and I cannot commit to a project because I, I love it so much. Like it's rustic, it's very warm, um, beautiful stitch definition just tends across the board. Um, but that equilibrium cardigan, the problem is that it's one of those, there, there was this trend in knitting for a while and it's still kind of there where you make garments that have an oversized body but a properly fitted arm the idea mm. being that you get the, the looseness and the comfort of something that's not tight. Yeah. But the arm is closer to the proper size for your arm. So it still looks a little tailored. You know, it doesn't look...
0: It doesn't look like you're wearing something we, too big.
1: Yeah. It doesn't look like you're, you know, wearing your mom's clothing. It looks like you're wearing an item yeah. that you made for you. Well, so the equilibrium cardi is that way. And the problem that I had is that... I, where I attached the sleeves to the uh, vest part of the cardigan, I don't know if it was the way that I chose to do it or that I'm a tight knitter or what it was, but that band w- had no elasticity at all. So it was like this.
0: Oh, it just wasn't Very
1: rigid. Well, you could put the cardigan on. But you couldn't pull this, you couldn't pull it up to have a shawl collar that looked like a shawl collar because the- It would get caught. It didn't want to stay. Yeah, exactly. So it would get caught. And then if you wore it down further kind of where it wanted to be, it pulled- because you, it was like your shoulder line was actually down at your upper bicep. There just wasn't
0: enough ease in the transition.
1: Exactly. And I, and I am not blaming the designer. Like I said, people on Ravelry are very happy with their finished project. So I'm chalking it up to user error, but I was done with it. I was emotionally done with it. And the other thing I was done with it, the other reason I was done with it is that it has like a little, um, ribbed band that you add on at the end. It's like a You'd call it a button band, except it didn't happen to have buttons on it. Um, And I made that out of a different yarn, so it would have a kind of contrast look to it. It was a different color and a different yarn, and so it always wanted to roll inward. So I could never get it to, like, lay flat. I tried blocking it several times, so it was just, like, fussy. It was not
0: This is the one thing thing about knitting that I think is really hard, is knowing that, there, there must be ways to change things, fix things. But when they're in sewing, you can add interfacing. In sewing, you can change the backing of a material if you're having a hard time getting it to stay put the way you want. And you can even back your knitting oh, yeah. with fabric if you wanted it, depending on, or even like a rigid thing, like some kind of uh, tape, mm-hmm. if you wanted it to have a little bit more stability. But I think it's just, it, it sounded like it, it already had three strikes against it. Yeah. We got to follow some rules here. Like, it's up there with buy- buying something full price. If it's not perfect, what's the concessions? And how much is it going to cost you to change it? And mm-hmm. when it comes to vintage things, if I got to change three things, it's out. Nope. No thanks. Because I know myself. I'm just not going to do it. So, I'm. But you know what, though? I got to give you love for trying, for recognizing that this style, maybe with your style of knitting or this yarn or whatever, it just wasn't.
1: It wasn't happening. And with
0: the... And the variations you did i'm glad you saved the yarn because i was going to ask you look oh look at that big old ball yarn that looks like our crystal ball yarn on our logo (laughs) it's
1: true so when Um, i unraveled it it um, i have a bunch of like smaller balls of yarn Uh, because of course i could not get it all out in one fell swoop right because it wasn't knitted in one solid string because it is a non-superwash yarn, you can do felted joins or um, other also commonly known as a spit splice, um, which is how I ended up with a ball that is bigger that than big. <laughs> the original skeins of yarn. Um, yeah. But I also have a lot of tiny ones. And like I said, that's totally fine with me because whatever I decide I'm going to make with this, because I'm going to make another sweater with it because I really like it. Um, but I, it doesn't matter that I had to cut it into smaller pieces because with a spit splice, you lose only a couple inches of your overall yardage. So um, so I, I, I lost it's, very little in taking it apart. But that was my unmake. All
0: right. And but I, I'm happy please. that this is a new beginning. yeah, a very new moon of you Island. Oh my God.
1: Indeed. <laughs> Well, and the other very new moon thing of me about that is that um, when I visited you in Minneapolis, we went to Stephen B. Yarns and I bought two skeins of Hedgehog Vipers, Alpaca Boucle, which is like a lace weight yarn. It's very, very thin, but of course, floofy because it's Alpaca Boucle. And I bought it in the highlighter color, which is exactly the color that you think it is. And my plan is to hold the alpaca boucle side-by-side with that wool and alpaca yarn um, because the wool and alpaca yarn that I just unraveled from that sweater is an undyed, natural, sort of winter white color. Mm -hmm. And I thought that that plus the highlighter would make an interesting, almost like a pastel neon.
0: I was going to say it's a pastel neon. It's a bright it'll be a bright pastel. Mm-hmm. That's great. Mm. Oh, you gotta like show we'll us see how, how it that goes. Looks. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Well, and I'm sure you're going to do just like any good knitter. You're going to do your sample swatch, yeah. right? So you should take a little photo for us to see what a sample swatch of that looks like to show the two yarns apart and then mm-hmm. together. Cause I think when we went shopping at Stephen B, when I saw those yarns, the thinner yarns, I was like, do you make this work? And then you showed me some pieces that are around because Stephen B's store is awesome for showing examples of everything. Um, and you're like, no, you kind of have to add it. And I'm just like, as a designer that works mainly in wovens, I don't think about the combination of your, like the last time I worked on sweaters in a large volume capacity was 2006. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just like, don't even know anymore, like any of that world. So, and this is of course like a very bespoke personal way of working. And I just love seeing the alchemy that you, you know, the little bit of, you know, where your brain is and how you put it together. So I personally would love to see a behind the scenes swatch on this. So. Yeah.
1: And I, um, this, 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 com- this, uh, idea of combining a heavier yarn with a mohair or an alpaca boucle, like a Surrey alpaca or an alpaca boucle, boucle, is trendy right now, so that type of ethereal halo look is really trendy right now in the knitting world, and so there are a lot of there are a lot of companies that are making it, um, and there are a lot of you know Instagram posts and YouTube videos where you can actually see how other people have thought about how you could combine these things together. So you can do um, same same right. You can have like a thick yarn and the thin yarn essentially a same color so you're just adding floof and dimensionality you can also do what we talked about we're actually like trying to mix two colors together to make a third color um and that was a little bit actually what we did what i did with um i didn't do it i made the kit but it was a kit from our listener um from new zealand who sent um a fingering weight yarn that was like a bright red, and a lace weight yarn that was sort of a muted burgundy. And when you put the two together, you got this really lovely heathered, marled, milder red color, basically. And it was really lovely. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing that I've seen is people taking a darker floof and adding that to a lighter color. And that Gives it like the look
0: almost of like depth and shadow. I was gonna say, I think that's the one that I always notice because it's so it almost looks like you upped the shadow yeah. like effect in Photoshop or something, but yes. it does add it allows you to see the contour of mm-hmm. every stitch and it almost like outlines the yarn itself because mm-hmm. of the halo. Yeah,
1: so, so I haven't tried that's that always that yet, really
0: cool, but oh, right on, yeah. oh, I'm, okay, so, that, so was my,
1: that was my unmake and then my yep. finished thing thing that I finished is the Purpuria sweater by Teti Knits. And it is is an all over cabled sweater. Um, And I think her pattern, she did it with a uh, very cropped look. I am not a Mm -hmm. very cropped sweater person. So I made a pretty much regular length sweater. I don't think there's any cropping to mine at all. Um, Let's also
0: state the obvious here to people who know us. We're real short people, yeah. not super short people. They're we short. are average, but we're 5'5. Yeah. So, like, and the other thing about it is um, we're long torsoed people. Our legs and our torsos are around the same size. There's some really amazing people who have short torsos and long, beautiful legs, and they look amazing in crop tops. It but ain't when us. we wear crop tops, everyone's like, there should be, like, an extra inch or two there. Thank like, what's much. what's going on? So it probably looks cropped on you based on other, like, depending on your body type. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So you did what's right for you.
1: Yes. Um, and the pattern, so the purpurea sweater pattern tells you how to make a cropped version, a slightly cropped version, and a regular length version. So that's really helpful if you're not somebody who's comfortable with knowing kind of where to... How to proportion things for yourself uh, basically since this is a top-down sweater i just kept trying it on until i liked it understanding that probably i was going to be able to block it out a little further because the yarn that i chose to make it in is a it's wisconsin woolen spun from barrett wool company so this is a yarn that is start to finish made in wisconsin Um, hence the name (laughs) and it's woolen spun meaning that it is not very like not all the fibers all line up together they're not made to line up so it has it's it traps more air so it's warmer but that also means that it's not doesn't spring back on itself quite so hard as other yarns can so if you want to when you block it out it'll stay kind of where you put it. It's not going to spring back ah, super okay. much. Um, so I knew that if the fit wasn't like perfect, 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 I could probably tweak it a little bit, you know, because it'll, I pinned it out and it stayed the shape that I pinned, not
0: the shape that it originally was. Wow. Um, it blocked itself.
1: <laughs> yeah. So it's, like I said, the body is all cables. And then I extended the cables down the sleeve just a little bit just because I liked the look of that. I didn't want an abrupt
0: stop to the cables. What I like though is that you kind of engineered it Mm -hmm. so it's a little soft and it has a little bit of a shaping to it. It almost like goes, it looks like it goes a little further down the outside of your arm, but it rises up. Yeah. Like I can just see, like there's like, it's a part of a rat, like the best way I can put it is like raglan styling. But you've made that edge of the cables go down just a little bit. So it just sits nicely Yeah, in your so I'll try
1: goes. to write it up on my project page. But essentially what I did is it's a yoke sweater. So you do all the cables in the yoke. And then if you follow the pattern, you would just stop doing all the cables. When you pick up the sleeve stitches, you would just pick up the sleeve stitches and just knit plain all the way down to the cuff. And that looks fine, but... Ah. But I didn't like it. I wanted it to be more gradual. So I took the, the parts of the cable that sit on your shoulder and I extended those a little bit so it looked like it was, it looked like the cables were fading out I over like the top of the arm. And I'm, I like it. Um, I'm really happy like the, with it.
0: I like the gradualness of it only just because it could look like, um, if it's too abrupt, I imagine... And like you can tell me if I'm wrong or not, but just, you know, from fashion school, if you have something that abruptly stops after being really formed and twisted and moved around, generally the thing that happens after an abrupt stop is then the fabric kind of blooms out and it can kind of make a, even though it, but it doesn't look like a puffy sleeve, like a purposeful puffy sleeve. It just might sit off of the body a little harsh that angle it could
1: depending on the type of yarn that you use
0: depending how tight your stitches were that kind of thing so I I think that you like saw where your yarn was going and just worked with that so that's really cool that you modified it to make it sit right the way you'd like very good you were so talented well I
1: mean it you know as I had just demonstrated myself with the equilibrium if I didn't like it I could just undo it um but I've been holding on to this yarn for a long time. I bought the, I can't remember when I bought it, but it was years ago, it has to be at least four years ago that I bought this yarn. Um, it's in the Penny colorway, which is a copper, heathered copper color. And I was just, I love the color so much. I love the yarn so much. I love the story of the yarn so much. Um, that i was very picky about what i was going to do with it so then of course i sat on it forever and didn't make anything with it and finally one of the people that i've um watched their youtube um podcasts um ro it's rox um the show is ro knits and pearls but if you were to look it up on youtube it's rox like A.R.O.X. she was a test knitter for this pattern and when i saw her finished sweater. I was like, yes, that's the, that's it. That's it right there. That's
0: the one for me. (laughs) That's the one. So
1: I just finished this a couple days ago and I'm very happy with it.
0: It's beautiful. That also like, what I, sorry, my last little note about it. I keep interrupting you. It just looks to me like you do a lot of stuff that's creative and bright and different and shows off what you're working on. And that one is a very classic, but not classic. Like it's the at first glance, you're like, oh, that's a beautiful sweater, but also like, there's a lot of make in it. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's like a, it's a sleeper. Like if you don't know, you don't know. But if you know, someone's going to look at me like, whoa, you made that or someone made that. Dang. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um,
1: the day that I made it, I wore it to work and I got a compliment from somebody who has never commented on my clothing before. Um, and, and what he said was, I really like your sweater. I'm sorry. I just, I just keep looking at it. And I was like, thank you I just finished it and he was
0: like really you made that and I was like that is the compliment I want that is that you is no I made it. <laughs> like that is did you have like a proud mom moment like I sure yeah, did I'm about to tell you <laughs> you don't know it but I'm gonna sure tell you
1: <laughs> I tried not to oh. dwell on it too long because that
0: would have made it weird but I was, but also I was so, so, so what... pleased I mean, Island. that is like what every maker wants. Yep. Every maker wants a, you made that, not a, hey, did you make that? Like, there's, there's a real big difference <laughs> a in a word choice, difference. like, with, <laughs> where, where, or rather inflection, like, in tone, <laughs> when someone's like, you made that? Versus, oh, did you make that? Like, there's a question versus a surprise, yes. right? Like, Yes, that's amazing. I love that. I loved it
1: too the other so the final detail of this sweater that i love and that i am i have incorporated this detail into other sweaters before but i feel like i am it's gonna be a long time before i change back is it has a split hem which i love because it doesn't do that thing where it um you get to have a a ribbed bottom of the sweater but it doesn't bunch up like sausage casing and then ride up your body, you know, like a sweatshirt can or a sweater right. with the, the banded bottom sweater. So you get the look of a banded bottom sweater, like that nice that finished rib, but then it's a split hem so that every time you sit down, it just, the side Gently. splays out and, it's, and it lays nice and then you stand up and it just falls back together and lays nice. And...
0: No one can see this because we're just looking at each other on Zoom, Mm -hmm. but it's a cable started. uh, Sorry, it's a cable at the top into a vent. So I am just, what a touch. I
1: love that touch. This is the first pattern that I have made by Teddy Knits. But I will go back and look at her other patterns because the detail, like these little tiny details, Um are visually interesting. They are um, fun to make. And then every time you wear it, you're like,
0: I do really love that.
1: Like, I just, I love that.
0: And once you see something like that, that's not commercially viable. That is not a production-capable detail. If you're talking about, like, scope, planning, uh, fit, those all that would get in, that would be the first thing to go. Oh my God. Right. <laughs> as like, far as like production The cable design. right before the,
1: yeah. Sorry, no kids don't have time for that.
0: No. So that's one of those things that like, you know what it is and it's not a difficult detail. Mm-mm. It's just, if you know how to knit, and you know, how to, and cabling isn't hard, Mm-mm. but if you know how to do it and you can add that detail right at the end. Oh, very cool. Yes. Good work.
1: So those are my finishes. And then I am currently working on a gift for you. Which you already know what it is. Do you want to see how far I've gotten?
0: Sure. I so, mean, I've already seen the yarn, and I already know it's where it's going. So, it's But I'm a fan. The, and the story behind the yarn is great, too. I think you should talk about where you got it.
1: Yes, I will. And the
0: message behind the yarn.
1: Indeed. So, um, Miranda and I were in central Wisconsin in, I want to say, February. And um, when we were leaving um, Miranda had to get back home quickly. So she could not go to the yarn store with me the next day. Like the yarn store, like many yarn stores was, uh, not open on one of the days of the weekend, something like that. Or Monday. It wasn't open on Monday.
0: Oh yeah. That was a problem. Yeah. Which is typical, right?
1: That's not weird. Um, and then it didn't open the next day on Tuesday until 10 AM. You were going to be long gone. I had to get back to work. Um, but I was like, I don't know. The next time I'm going to go back to Nina, Wisconsin, so I'm going to go to this yarn shop. The yarn shop is just called Fiber. It's in this very cool old building that is um, many different shops inside this one big old building. Um, so it it's just very cool looking. I don't know how to describe it any better than that. And I'm not familiar with Nina, so I cannot tell you where it is. But if you look up yarn store Nina, there is one. It's called. You're, Fiber. To it. You're going to find it. <laughs> The owner is delightful, um, super helpful. And I specifically went in there um, looking for, and I did pick up some locally made yarn. But the other thing I'd gone in there was, I had gone in there explicitly to get, is not locally made, but um, is, it had a message behind it that I wanted. And I
0: hadn't seen it before. So the yarn company... Okay. I would also say that a lot of places didn't carry it. Mm -hmm. So you had to go and find places that happen to carry it that was the the tougher thing
1: so the yarn company is called die mad which i love (laughs) so die mad yarns and the label has like an angry goose on the front which you know if you're from the northern u.s you're familiar with canadian geese are the meanest things on earth yep on earth So um, this particular series from Dye was a series that was uh, like a lot of positivity about gender nonconformity. I can't remember the name of this series, but it was a series of many different colorways of self-striping sock yarn. And um, I looked at all the colors and the one that stuck out to me that I wanted was a colorway called uh, A is for Asexual. And it's the colors of the flag of people who identify as asexual. I do not identify that way, but I love the colors and I loved the idea behind the series. So I bought that for me and then I asked you, Miranda, which colorway you liked. And the colorway that you picked was called You Can't Erase Me. And it's in these very bright, it's like a hot pink sort of a medium purple, actually, it's not a hot purple, and a really pretty sort of medium blue, I guess. But it, it looks bright when it's all together. It's great. And so I started making
0: a wrist sock is so for you. Cool. I love that it's self-striping. As someone who isn't really a knitter, I just love the, the magic that self-striping yarn is when it comes to socks. It's just amazing. And explaining that to my boyfriend, Dave, he was like, what? what? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> blown away. <laughs> that looks so wonderful. Yeah, I love so, it. So I'm done that looks with great. the
1: so the pattern that I'm using is called uh, the treasured toes simple ribbed socks, I think. Um, and we'll we'll link it. Um, and basically it's a very classic cuff down because I've said before on this show that I prefer cuff down. So it's a cuff down sock. That has it's a three by one rib, so it's it's a a rib that will stretch out and stretch back, but um, isn't the tightest rib. You know, it's more of a relaxed rib, I guess. But it has some bounce to it, so it has it's forgiving in terms of the size of humans that it will fit, which is really nice because I, I don't have Miranda yeah. here to try things on, and there is. Nothing worse than making somebody a pair of socks that either will not fit onto the person or are so loose that they don't stay up on the legs. Like those, two, you know, they're both not it's good. T- it's a balance. Yeah, it's, it's tough. <laughs> so if you make a ribbed sock, then you sort of get the best of both worlds. It's it's likely that you will end up with something that stretches enough to fit, but that has enough sprawing to hold itself in place. So... So yeah, I am making these. By the time I finish them, it will be way too hot to wear them, but they'll be good Perfect. when the weather gets <laughs> cold
0: again. Well, but also wool is really great no matter what time of year, depending on your activity. So if, mm-hmm. say I was hiking up north where it does get really cold at night. Yeah. Those wool socks would be great to wear because they're wicking, naturally wicking and comfortable and keep your feet dry.
1: Oh, and the other thing that I learned, which I never knew, I mean, like, I've been knitting for how many years and I only learned this year that when you have like homemade wool socks or even like um, mass market wool socks like Smartwool, you don't have to wash them every time you wear them. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't believe it. <laughs> so I was like, we'll put this to the test. So I wore, you know, my, my homemade socks um, in shoes, you know, walking around, going to work, doing my things, came home, Wore them at home. Took them off at night because they're too hot to wear to bed. Way too hot to wear to bed. And I woke up the next morning and I boldly put my face right up in there. And they didn't smell. I'd... And I... And I, my other socks do. <laughs> I
0: know that. Other socks? My, yep. I,
1: wouldn't, I wouldn't even test it. Like I can smell them... Far away from my face. I don't need to put my face up in them to know that or it's also, not going
0: to work. Just the shape of them mm-hmm. reminds you that they're they're done. Mm-hmm. They're cooked. No, I I'm amazed by this, but I'll take I have uh, wool blend socks and things like that, and I'll wear them a few days in a row for like camping, mm-hmm. hiking, um, which let's be real, hiking is like a, a little tougher walk. That's it. But um, <laughs> or if I'm like staying at someone's house and I don't have my slippers. I'll just wear my wool socks the whole time. It just does a better job. But yeah, it's but that's up there with wool hats. Like, are you surprised? Are you really surprised?
1: Well, I think I was because I I thought that there was you know that it, that the foot situation would be different, right? Because it's enclosed by a shoe, and who knows? There's more bacteria, for moisture. How smelly that shoe was, but you know, before you put it yeah. on, um, you know, any number of things. Um, there's not a lot of like, like if you wear a hat, you can take it off and put it on and you expect that it's going to air out. But like during the day, I'm not like taking my shoes off and then taking my socks off and then putting the socks back on and then the shoes back on there. There's no aeration that's happening. So yeah, I did think that they, I was like, "Mm, maybe that works for some people, but I'm going to tell you, it's not going to work for me. And it was not,
0: I was wrong. All right. No, I feel like, um, my experience with textiles, um, wow I definitely just said no my experience with textiles why am I so midwestern and I start saying I start positive actual messages with the word no um yeah no no yeah like oh I hate that um but with experiences than textiles like wool is this unsung hero of uh wicking insulating um antibacterial antibacterial uh durability um stretchy like there's it's a wonder material, and you don't have to it's, it's uh, harvested, not mm-hmm. you know, taken from an animal that died. So' it's, it's a renewable resource, not a big renewable resource, but it can be managed and it can be done, and um, it has a longer lifespan than a lot of natural fibers, um, as long as you get, you know, make sure you don't have any moths. Yeah. hanging around so you just have to be careful with that stuff but it is a wonder fabric and I remember even at Levi's they made um denim with a uh, wool blend and they did it with like a they did a cashmere blend and then they did another kind of wool blend for insulation it was like the original side of like heat tech and things like that cool so it was really cool I just learned a lot about it from that
1: nice yeah yeah well those are those are my things
0: excellent what about you You got a lot. Well, shoot! Um,
1: <laughs> Whale, well, get well, get extra shit. Midwestern.
0: <laughs> well, shoot! We shoot. Um, so, I'm working on a couple of things. I'm kind of going down a weird path at the moment. Um, one, I just finished up my spring 2023 20, line for the you know I work at Target, so I'm working on that stuff, and so I just finished that up. So I'm just going through that process. That's a lot of you know working in girls' clothing, like kids' clothing. It actually does take up a lot of like your creative reserves because mm-hmm. you're thinking about cute stuff. You know, you're not thinking about what am I gonna wear. You gotta think about like what makes kids happy. Yeah. And we talk to kids and we research what they like and take their advice and it's a lot. So <laughs> that kind of just got done uh, last week or so. So my fun projects that I'm working on right now, I'm working on a lamp. Sounds weird, um, but my boyfriend Dave is like really in electronics and has lots of cool. Things that he's working on. And he and I like to collaborate on things. We've done a couple projects now. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, you guys have some really cute projects.
0: Yeah, it's really fun, like, working with someone who's willing to do, like, the magic. The boring magic is, like... The part of the magic that you're not interested in. (laughs) Right. I don't want to solder anything. No. (laughs) I don't want to program anything. Are you out of your mind? Hard pass. So we're we're working on a lamp for a friend's uh, kiddo who just had a birthday. And it's got these... He, uh, Dave accidentally bought some rainbow LEDs. And at first, when you think of rainbow LEDs, you're like, oh, like the ones that you can change color. No, these things are like wild and free. They just (laughs) choose what they like. And they start in sync. And then over time, because they're all hand manufactured, their timing is not controlled. It's fascinating for people who love controlled environments. Like, I don't know, people who work with electricity and, uh, uh, breadboard instrumentation like planning and you know doing these kinds of things it's kind of important to know what's happening these have their own timing so as the colors change slowly they also like they change color slowly and differently from one another they don't say on rhythm and so the further or the longer you let them run they it almost becomes like a watery kind uh, of motion yeah, like
1: a watercolory type
0: yeah. So it's really kind of cool. And so he just put a piece of paper over them and they were starting to project like circles of light in different times and it was just really pretty. Yeah. And I was like, "Huh. Let's do something like that." So we've found a um a lantern. It's like a a patio lantern with frosted glass. So we're going to mount that inside of that so it kind of has something to project onto mm-hmm. and then we're going to put a couple scenes that we're cutting out of black vinyl so that It'll look like, I don't know. It just has a different. Oh, like,
1: it's like one of those, um, like a stereoscope? Is that what I'm, that's not the word I'm looking for.
0: I definitely don't know what that is. But um, it's, it's a, in some ways it's a projection lamp, but because of the diffusion from the frosted glass, it's just going to let, it's going to be almost like a nightlight. Okay. But, um, so we're going to have like a celestial scene, like stars on mm-hmm. one side of this lantern. It's a four-sided rectangular lantern, We'll have his, this kid's name, and then we we'll might have another scene. And it's just so they, they can kind of choose what they, what see, they want to see. But yeah. As, yeah, so I just thought it was kind of cool because it's not... when you I see LEDs that are rainbow. They have a very consistent change, and this is really different. So we're working on that. Um, cool. Another thing that we're doing, which I don't know how I got down this path, guys. I need help. I always like the guys I date. This one... Oh. He's sticking. He's sticking like glue. Dang it. Um, He's really into electronics. Dave's really into electronics, into keyboards. He has, like, custom keyboards. And I didn't know that there... Guys, I did not know about this world. It's a world of, like, switches for the keys so that you can, like, have a tactile experience when you press down on your keys. There's, like, a whole world around that. Oh, yeah. Um, My my
1: husband went down a little mini rabbit hole of that where he he didn't like the Mac keyboard that he had. And he discovered that you could purchase keyboards that have different yeah. levels of clickitiness
0: and different yes. different
1: levels of resistivity and bo- yes, Dave, it was a lot.
0: <laughs> Dave has designed. I don't know why I'm whispering, and I'm gotten I've gotten closer, closer to the, the microphone, zoom, closer to the microphone, closer to the zoom, and I'm whispering. He's not here, guys. There's no way, he, but, and he doesn't listen to this, but he's designed multiple keyboards with different key profiles depending on the era in which you liked computing there's a whole thing around full size keyboards versus 60% keyboards yeah. 40%
1: yeah.
0: all of this world he's designed multiple 100 dollar and higher keyboards that are solid metal with custom keycaps if-
1: I, I am i am lucky that pat didn't get excited he basically yeah. found one that he liked. He bought a bought several, found one that he liked, returned the rest, and I was like, oh, thank God. Because I knew there was some cottage industry out there for customizing, and yes. we don't have the budget for that in this
0: household. <laughs> and, you know, Dave is um, older gentleman. I say older gentleman. He is 43. <laughs> and when you don't have kids... You get excited by customization. So, anyways, he has sold keyboards. He has designed, managed, do, do like put together all these things. He has bought in on things that he has to wait six months for to be produced in order to add him to his custom keyboards. I'm I'm going off the rails here, like over talking because, about it because he has gone off the rails. <laughs> yes, he told me he looked at me yesterday and he's like, "I'm, I'm so sorry." I was like, "You are not. You're so not right. like not in you your. You are just thrilled to share this." <laughs> You've nerded the nerds like you've gone higher and above the possibility of the potential. Anyways, so he was watching. We were working on this lamp, and he saw how many um, key, like smart key combos I use or hot keys and things like that when I'm working in Illustrator or Photoshop. And he's like, "Have you ever considered getting a keypad for this?" No, motherfucker, I haven't. <laughs> but Not. now I have. <laughs> <laughs> So all right help me everyone help me. So, anyways, we we went and found this keypad that's blank that you can then add any custom keycaps, any custom switches, you can customize it and program it. And it's called the Tidbit. Um, adorable name. Great customer service. But it's definitely one of these nerdy ass things that like gamers like. They have like RGB LEDs underneath it. And I'm like, I ain't gaming. I am literally putting in codes to make unicorns look better like (laughs) that's what I do right I'm like can I put a heart on that can I put a rainbow how do I add a rainbow heart on it rainbow heart unicorn oh my gosh right like that's my job (laughs) so anyways he's he was so excited by the tidbit because it comes with a rotary dial I also didn't think about this no you guys I use Photoshop, and I'm zooming constantly, zooming in, zooming out. I'm also changing the size of my brushes. Mm-hmm. I i didn't know that I could use a rotary dial for this, and I'm about to die. Anyways, <laughs> so we are deep in this. He's going to make one. I'm going to make one. And by that, I mean I'm going to shop for fun things, and he's going to solder it and, <laughs> and, and program it. Um, but I've kind of just like – I got down this rabbit hole of – even finer, beautifully made things. And I'm not a minimalist by any means. I'm a maximalist. Pretty fucking hardcore. Like, everybody knows that. Um, Bore is more and less is a bore. (laughs) Pretty much. Iris Ethel forever. Anyways, um, but I, I found pieces and more things that I'm like, wow, I didn't even think about. Like, I use this computer every day. Like, maybe it would be nice to have something that felt more tactile or maybe felt more solid than the standard things I use so you know chalk it up to not having children and finding new things to fret about that have nothing to do with my personal happiness but maybe maybe I would like some fun things so I'm kind of looking at that we're making keyboards that's my second project and I'm thinking I don't think I have a third one that's active at the moment there's a couple things rolling around in my head But, um, those are the two that are happening at this moment.
1: Nice. Yeah. Those are very cool.
0: Oh, I, you know what? I do have a third. It's a little teeny tiny one. Okay. It's my first spring in this new house. Um, so I'm currently in the thoughts of how do I beautify Mm -hmm. it? So I have bought some solar panel lights, uh, to light up the edges of the yard and Mm -hmm. things like that. And I've also bought patio furniture, but I'm kind of excited to figure out planting stuff so these are all things i'm thinking about and we'll see if i get anything done who knows we'll so, put it out there <laughs> so
1: so um you bought the house uh did you see what like what flowers and plants were already there
0: yeah they had um it's not carnations maybe a begonias mm-hmm I think. I'm trying to remember to be sure. But um, they had a couple, like, uh, I guess those are perennials. Or annuals. They had annuals. So they had some red flower, like, real basic annuals throughout the backyard, mm-hmm. along this fence line, and then in the front of the house. And then they also have some really nice, well-manicured bushes mm-hmm. that have been here. So I'll probably just keep Trim those, those in the same yeah. shape. Yeah. And then other than that, I'm like, I could... I can go wild. I am definitely one of those weirdos that are like, I want to put morning glowers and moonflowers and I want them to go all over my, um, my fence. And I also know that other neighbors hate those people. So. <laughs> <laughs> Cause they're like, Ugh. those look great when you have a chain link fence and you want to like beautify. Sure. But if you also don't like go out there and like, wrap your vines to keep them growing. It just becomes this big mound stuff that squirrels like to hang out in. So, um, I just have to be careful. And I've even thought about changing out my grass just because there's a big section of it that got dug up for my, um, my sewer line. Mm-hmm. It's just a big block. I was like, Oh, I really want to put in a lilac bush and maybe I should replace all the grass with like clover or something mm-hmm. local that I don't have to mow. mow. Mm-hmm. Um, But again, you kind of have to check with your neighbors because that stuff spreads. But it is native. But if someone is trying to keep a proper English garden in northeast Minneapolis... um, I'm sorry, I'm shaking my head and rolling my eyes because that's really what we're doing. We're just, like, trying to prove to people we're not poor by having grass. Like, it's so ridiculous. Grass is... It's silly. I'm not out there playing croquet. No. I'm really not. And um, we're not out there lunching.
1: And even if we were, like... I, every year that passes, our lawn gets further and further uh, naturalized by um, violets and dandelions and whatever, like, whatever ground cover wants to come take the place of the grass here. I'm very happy for it. Totally fine with it. Preferably something that is native, but that's not always possible. Um, I'm not planting anything. I'm not trying to, like, plant more stuff, except um, we will probably try to plant uh, a native tree of some type to replace the tree that got split by the ice Ooh, storm, yeah. you know? Like, that yeah. tree had to go, because it was definitely dead. Um, but, uh, yeah. Fuck a bunch of grass. I don't need grass.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Fuck a bunch of grass. That's our new campaign island. (laughs) That's like, you know how everyone has like signs like this, in this house, we believe science is real and every life is human or something. Sorry. Every life is human. I don't know. Nothing says I'm a (laughs) do-gooder. Nothing says, um, what's the word I'm thinking of? Uh, A try hard. A try hard or even it's just um, performative Mm -hmm. activism. Mm -hmm. Like, look at me. I stuck this sign in my yard and I'm like go away stop it I mean I'm thrilled that you spent the money and maybe there's a company nearby that is utilizing the money you spent on this sign to maybe fuel local community you know activism uh, and change activism and and mutual aid I I hope but at the same time like (laughs) a friend of mine definitely walked into a store that was like I don't know to buy I think wool socks and someone came in and they're like, how much is your Black Lives Matter sign? And they were like, oh, we're all out. And I was like, this is such a strange <laughs> moment in time that we're like, I need another one. What? <laughs> make, just make one if that matters to you. But also a whole lot of black people hate when they see us with those signs. Because they're just like, that's so performative. And not at all, like, Well you have don't put a sign out.
1: You have the sign and I don't know what you did. Right. Yeah.
0: Like, can you just treat us better every day? That'd be great. Like, can you can you show up for legislation that matters? Can you help fight and protest? Yeah, great. But the sign means you bought a sign. So anyways, um, our new sign island is uh, fuck some grass. <laughs> because that one, I like it. I mean, I see a couple people in their yards that say, hey, this is a native grass or a native um, plant. Or a prairie mm-hmm. yard or something like that. Or this is a um a pollinator garden. Mm-hmm. That's also totally cool with me. Um, I'm into that. I'm into that. But fuck some grass also. Very relevant.
1: <laughs> well, it distills it down to the the simplest possible terms. Like, no one is confused about how you feel.
0: Right. <laughs> and you are not the lord and lady of the manor. Like, you have a bungalow. Like, just... <laughs> Just stop. You're not having ladies-in-waiting hanging out with you to play croquet. You're not. You're not. So just stop it. Anyways, I feel... I'm really glad that you feel the same, but I'm sure there's other people who may listen to this podcast or other people we know that are very proud of their lawns, but that's like saying you're really proud of my buzz cut. Like, eh, it's kind of standard. <laughs> um. Anyways, I sound terrible, but that is my other project. So... We've gone a little long here. What is your gold star?
1: Okay, so my gold star this time is um, a, I suppose it's sort of a combo yarn shop, dye studio and dyer. Um, The name of the shop is Die Hard, (laughs) D-Y-E Hard.
0: (laughs) I know. Oh, I worked out right before this. Don't give me an asthma attack. <laughs> so Die hard. Yeah. Is it? Do, do they have like a subtitle like with a vengeance or like? <laughs> I, I think that it is. Um, I don't oh.
1: think that it's a joke about the movie. It might be kind of a joke about, or not a joke, but like a reference to, um. The type of music that she likes or something mm. like that i don't know um it's amazing but it's it's a <laughs> studio also and it's meant it's a community studio so the idea is that if you shop at Diehard hard yarns online it's a shop that carries um the the dyer who owns the shop and the studio also dyes her own yarn under a different name that i'll tell you about in a second um, but it's a community dye studio where so if you buy from the shop online one of the things you can do is you can donate at the same time to the community studio and that enables people who might not have the resources to buy into learning about dyeing yarn uh it provides the resources that she can teach them as part of like a community learning environment which is super cool uh, she's based in oak park uh part of chicago and um yeah, I remember. I heard about her at first. I think because various people that I follow on Instagram had said, "Oh, hey, um, there is this person who is trying to start this community dye studio," and I was like, "Yes, sign me up for that. I'll I'll contribute to that. That sounds amazing." Um, and then, so I contributed to it, whenever that was, a couple years ago, and then. Um, I was trying really hard not to buy new yarn so i wasn't like shopping around for new yarn shops and then again instagram got me and it was a video (laughs) of her showing all of her new hand dyes and i was like what is this um and then it led me right back to the same person that i had seen before so her uh, dye label is kitty pride fibers and all of her yarn bases are named after different types of cats or Uh, patterns of their fur like calico Um, what's another one like this one is not um, a type of fur but this this one is named after tigress so it's a tigress peruvian worsted Um, so this is a two-ply peruvian highland wool but it's like a black wool mixed with a white wool and then over dyed so you get like some barber pulling in some areas and then a solid dye color in other areas um and i'm very excited about this so i bought a sweater's quantity of this because i didn't have enough yarn already um,
0: <laughs> and it's I, really cool though i love the
1: textures yeah, of that. it's super cool okay so it sort of comes with its own visual texture but uh since it is a hand dye yarn i will alternate skeins when i make stuff with it um but it it will sort of like I said, have its own visual texture to it um, without being multicolored necessarily because it's her her dye process makes the yarn not perfectly uniform in color, but it's pretty uniform. So it's the color of the over dye and then you can see the black yarn, the dark yarn, or the dark fiber through that over dye. Um, so it's very cool. I'm very excited about that, and that's beautiful. Part of the reason that it gets a gold star is not only because, of course, this is gorgeous, um, but you can go onto her shop and you can custom order. So, if you like one of the she'll she has all these um, pictures of her colorways that she is willing to dye for you. And so all you do is you go in and say like, well, I like this kind of fiber, like I want a, a chunky yarn or I want a fingering weight yarn or whatever, and I want it in this color, and she will custom dye it for you, and it's pretty reasonably priced, um, which you is just really hard to find. Like usually people who are small batch dyers, they dye what they want to dye, or they'll do pre orders um, to help them plan things. And hers is a little more fluid, like it will allow you to um, place an order when you are ready to place an order rather than waiting for her to post a pre-order link or something like that. Oh, Um, okay. And, you know, everybody chooses to run their shops and their businesses in different ways, so I don't know why she chooses that over some of the other strategies, but it is very cool for those of you, those of us, who aren't so great at watching for when the pre-order links come up and so i end up like i just don't ever buy anything from indie dyers in that way because i always miss the sale time i always miss the i'm not on instagram link. enough like i just or i'm not I, well the yeah. algorithm won't feed it to me at the time you sent it like i'll see it two days later because it hid it for me on the day of and i see it two days later and that's no fun for anybody um but her system is different and that's very cool and then the final thing that was very sweet about her is that she she sent me the package um of stuff that i ordered. And then it, she also sent a little um, raw iolite crystal. Oh, as a little gift.
0: That. Oh, um, I love a good gift to purchase.
1: Yeah, oh. it was just really sweet. Like the whole the whole thing was lovely. It was a lovely a plus. The shopping experience was lovely and simple and straightforward. The shop links work very very well, um, and the yarn is gorgeous. And it was just full of nice touches. Um, and it all came. The whole shebang was packaged in um, biodegradable packaging, which I also
0: Also love. a fan. Yes. Oh, so good. Yeah. So that's my gold star. Amazing. How I about you? That? Um, my gold star is a little... It's something I haven't used yet, and I have yet to confirm the patterns and things like that to that, but... I saw two friends, my friend Ella and my friend Sarah, um, Ella Cherry and Sarah Dreyer. I'll, I'll definitely, um, I guess it's Drew here, sorry. Um, I will tag them in this. But they've been making a lot of twin sets. And I say twin sets, not like a, a cardigan and a shell tank top, <laughs> but like sets of things, like a top and a bottom, like a pant and a boxy top. Or they'll do jackets or dresses out of vintage bedsheets and chenille bedspreads and quilts. And it's just given me life. Like I love watching what they're doing. They're also making really cute uh, reels to like show like, look at this bedspread. Now it's a top and a bottom. And it's just, it's one of those things like, I kind of forgot about the joy of looking at bedsheets in vintage stores because those are great opportunities for one, huge pieces of fabric. So you can get lots of cuts Two, they've been washed and they're super soft. And depending on the time in which they were made and provided, they are full of fun-ass prints that are just whimsical and silly. And you can use kids' bed sheets, you know, things like that. Or if you have just some hanging out from your parents, like, I still wish, and I wonder if I still have them or not, but mom had uh, a really great twins sheet set for us when we were younger that was a basket weave.
1: Yeah, I remember it was like, that.
0: Remember that? Yeah. It was a basket weave with like yarn balls and kittens and flowers, something crazy. But two of the sheets were all just um, this printed rattan basket kind of thing. It looked awesome. And there's things like that that I'm like, I would love to have that now. So I have yeah, to Yeah, I
1: never and... think about that except when I go to try to buy fabric that it is, it's much bigger than the bolt you could have bought anything from. And, you know, I have not sewn very much, but when I made masks, I learned the hard way that even when you think you have shrunk the fabric as much as it is going to shrink, it continues to shrink sometimes, even in tiny little ways over time. But if they're vintage bedsheets, they have they have done all of done. the movement that they are going to yeah. do. And what you cut is what you are going to get, which is very rare in new
0: fabrics. It's true. It is absolutely true. So that's why I'm like, dang it, these are great. So clever. Um, and they've been using some patterns from a, a various number of different makers. But one that I thought was cool, the and this is where the gold star goes to, is to a maker um, called DIY Daisy. And it's at underscore DIY Daisy. But she is a pattern maker. She has um, she has free sewing sewing tutorials. Um, she's also making a book, sew it yourself. Um, but she just has really great, um, kind of like I would say voluminous like dresses with really great big sleeves, and that's just like really in style right is, now. But yeah. it's also really forgiving for this pandemic body that we all <laughs> received. So if you have not been, you know. I don't know. Maybe you haven't changed. Maybe you've gotten better, but a lot of people have changed. So these kind of forgiving silhouettes are really in style. And just knowing that there's someone out there who's created free like sewing tutorials and possible even patterns. I need to dig into this a little bit more, but it seems like they're really forgiving and really, uh, best way I can say is just ruffle heavy swings. Ruffles are definitely
1: having their moment right now, even in knitwear, right? Like where... It's, it's just an embellishment that you add. There's a lot of that out there now.
0: There is. But these dresses, you need a whole lot of fabric. And that's what's great about having bedsheets. Mm-hmm. So I think, um, yeah, I just think that was a, a really inspiring thing to see. And just looking for options for myself. I've been buying more dresses and new swimsuits because my body's changed. And not so much like, oh, I'm way bigger than I was before. But like where things are sitting is different now. And I got to think about that. So it's... You know, I'm just trying to fit myself and relearn a body before, you know, spring and summertime so that I can really enjoy it, you know? Yeah. Uh, but seeing my friends make stuff uh, is awesome. And it just kind of like revived me into wanting to make more things again. I also have another sewing machine I got by accident this uh, summer that was grandma's. Hers is a a brother, it's a much nicer machine than the. 35 year old one I have from Mom. so I need to go get those uh, conditioned but I'm kind of like ooh I would love to break that new machine in and I say new New to you probably from like <laughs> it's new to me it's much newer than what I like to use. I would love to break that in with like a new summer dress or something. Yeah. so and right now with all the silhouettes that are out there, you don't need zippers, you don't need buttons. This is a great time of pullover items. <laughs> so that's all I'm excited to maybe make some stuff again. So yeah, that's that's my gold stars to DIY Daisy, but also a mention to Ella and Sarah for just killing it with inspiration on Instagram. Makes me happy to be on Instagram, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: Well, I guess that is all it for us, I guess. That is it. So thank you guys for listening. Um, you know, all five of you or whoever you are. Um,
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm always surprised by who messages me and I'm like, Oh, you've
1: been listening oh, oh my i gosh. probably should have been watching myself a little more carefully hi old
0: co-worker from 12 years ago i love you too <laughs> uh i won't say names but i have really great people we have really good people it's awesome it's true so um
1: so yeah thank you guys for listening um and you can find us on instagram as stitchcraft sisters uh we are on ravelry as stitchcraft podcast and then of course um we do have a website stitchcraftsisters.com um, but most of the, the comments that get left there are spam, so if you want to find us, Instagram is the place. Um, but we would love to hear from you. We'd love to hear what's inspiring you as um, winter turns into spring and then back into winter because it's the Midwest.
0: Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I definitely sat outside and had a beer the other day, and then the next day was... It was six inches of snow. It was amazing. (laughs) Everyone's like, are you excited for spring? I was like, I will wait till May. Thank (laughs) you. No, you're not fooling me. I'm not fooled. And you're not allowed to put away your shovel or your salt until May. And you do not (laughs) plant
1: your plants outdoors Mm. until after
0: Mother's Day. Amen. Truth. Truth. Oh, but Yes. I'd love to see what other people are working on and what they're excited about this spring. Yeah. That's, you know, seasonal depression is slowly waning away. So, <laughs> <laughs> And let's all just pray that Daylight Savings Time in the United States will be over as of this fall. Let's hope.
1: Oh, I think it won't be till next spring, but I still hope that they'll get rid of it. Whenever I'll they still, get rid of I'm it, I praying.
0: want it to be gone. Because it is mm, not good. Anyways, I don't know where I'm going on that <laughs> one. All right, have a good... Good rest of your day. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye.